You're listening to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Wednesday, December 18th, 2019, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always, talking some Penn State football. And today is a big day on the college football calendar because it is the early signing period today as you are listening to this on this Wednesday. So we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect from Penn State's point of view. And, of course, tomorrow we'll recap everything that goes down today on the early signing day. But we're also going to take a look at some of the Athlon Sports team awards that I put together for Penn State. And we have a question from Twitter asking which Big Ten team needs a bowl win the most this bowl season. Got a couple answers for that one. We'll get into that all in today's episode. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app. We're in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We also have an RSS feed, so if I didn't mention your favorite podcasting app, you can always add that RSS feed to your feeds and make sure you're never missing a single episode as soon as they become available. That's because not only do we appreciate the feedback, we want to hear what you guys have to say about the show, but we also want to know what we can do to improve it moving forward. And of course, this does help with our placement on those various podcasting apps. So the more subscriptions, the more ratings, the more reviews, the better we get our off moving forward with the show. And it's all because of you guys. We also want you to be connected to the show and be a part of the show by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. So with all that out of the way, we've got a busy show for you today, so let's go ahead and get started. Today is National Fax Machine Appreciation Day, or as we call it in the college football world, Early Signing Day, or just Signing Day. Yes, folks, today is the first day when high school players can officially sign their national letters of intent and commit to their schools of choice. A lot of players have already committed to those schools, but now it will become official as they can begin signing the official documentation that will lock them into their scholarship agreement with their chosen university. And of course, Penn State is one of the many schools today that is expected to sign, if not their entire recruiting class, the vast majority of their recruiting class. As you know, the last couple of years, we've seen the uh, introduction of the early signing period. It kind of takes away and opens up the door for more flexibility for recruits and for players, as opposed to just cramming everything into that first Wednesday in February, which is still the next signing day on the calendar. But the early signing period has really taken all the wind out of the sails for that February signing day. And that was one of the big questions. I didn't really know what to expect from the early signing period when it was first introduced a few years ago. I didn't know if schools were going to bulk up on the early commitments or if it was going to be something that was a nice luxury to have, but the February signing day was still going to be the big one. Well, it didn't take very long for the early signing day to become the signing day for the vast majority of power conference programs and you know, even in the group of five, but certainly among the power conference programs out there, they are going to sign the bulk of their recruiting classes starting today as you're listening to this or on Wednesday, whenever you may be listening to it, if it's before or after. So that's the big the big change on the recruiting schedule as we've seen the last couple of years. And Penn State is expected to be no different today as the signing day continues throughout the day. They are expecting that they're going to get 
pretty much their full recruiting class, you know, barring any last minute surprises, which can always tend to pop up every now and then. There's always probably a kid out there who makes a decision at the last minute to change his mind to maybe flip his commitment from Penn State to another school or from another school to Penn State or just chooses to hold off on signing. And maybe he wants to take a little bit more time in the next couple months to kind of uh, test the recruiting waters just a little bit more before making their final decision and they'll hold off until February. But it does look as though from everything that I've been reading that Penn State is fully expecting to have no real hiccups on this signing day and should get their class locked away. So that'll be good. I think for Penn State, it's supposed to be a a pretty good class coming in with a lot of four-star players, a good number of three-star players. No five-star players, but I don't get too carried away with that. Obviously, the more five-star players you can get, the better, but there aren't a whole ton of five-star players out there. You know the program like Ohio State's going to get some. I think guess Michigan's probably going to get some too. But overall, the quality of the depth of the recruiting class that Penn State is looking to bring in this year should be pretty good. And they do have a lot of young players already in some key spots. So it's a pretty good opportunity to pad the depth a little bit more across the board. And that's... I guess what Penn State's strategy is going to be with this National Signing Day. But like I said, no expected hiccups to be happening here today. It doesn't look as though there should be any surprises. But obviously, we'll keep an eye out. And of course, in tomorrow's episode, we'll recap everything that happens today and kind of react to the the newest class that's coming in. I don't follow the recruiting scene all that much, I got to be honest with you. Uh, so I will be going off a lot of what the recruiting experts have to say, and I'll kind of relay some of the information, share some of my thoughts where I get a chance to uh, chime in a little bit with some of my uh, reactions to what's going to happen with the signing day. But like I said, it looks like a good quality class supposedly coming in. Uh, Penn State is expected to have the, at least the third highest ranked recruiting class in the Big Ten. Ohio State continues to be the the clear winner on recruiting uh, as far as Big Ten is concerned. And Jim Harbaugh and Michigan continue to do well. It looks like uh, Penn State and Michigan battle back and forth, but Michigan may have the slight upper head, uh, upper hand this recruiting cycle. But uh, overall, Penn State's in a pretty good spot. And I've said this before, under James Franklin, they have really improved what they've been able to do with recruiting. And it continues to produce some really good quality classes. You know, some, some years are going to be better than others. And of course, and some years will be a little bit lower, but this looks like it's going to be a pretty decent class, uh, top 15, definitely top 20, uh, but getting a top 15 recruiting class uh, would be a pretty good solid get, I think, for Penn State, given the conditions this season. If you're listening to this and you're not already aware, Penn State is streaming a lot of their own National Signing Day coverage on their Facebook page. So if you can check out their Facebook Live, they actually start at 6.50 a.m. if you're listening to this very early in the morning. Uh, But if you're listening to this after the fact, go ahead and check out the Penn State Football official Facebook page. They probably have some good streaming content there. There is a press conference tentatively scheduled for 2.45 p.m. And that's a suggestion that they are expecting to have everything uh, filed away. Uh, by the middle of the afternoon. So that probably makes sense because a lot of these commitments will tend to come in while these kids are at school during the day. And it looks like a lot of the uh, recruits that are going to be coming in will be having their school hours during those uh, during those normal school hour days. So uh, getting a press conference at 2.45, maybe a little bit later, you never know. Uh, maybe there's something that they're going to be waiting on at the last second. You know, just make sure everything is uh, tidy and uh, straightened out, but uh, looks like they're going to going to be a press conference with James Franklin. 
that will be his first official chance to officially comment on the recruits that are coming in. Obviously, you know, coaches are not allowed to comment on specific players before they officially sign. So now once those letters are officially faxed in, then James Franklin can speak freely about his next batch of recruiting class uh, Nittany Lions coming in. So it should be a pretty fun day, as the signing day usually is. And of course, we'll talk about it a little bit more in tomorrow's episode. And maybe uh, if I get a chance later on, maybe leading up to the next National Signing Day, we'll bring in a recruiting expert or two to kind of provide a little bit more insight than what I'm going to be able to provide. But I will react to it in tomorrow's episode. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and Locked On Nittany on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. We're going to start looking ahead to the bowl season because, believe it or not, there will be bowl games played this coming weekend in college football. So the bowl season is upon us, and we are getting very close to it, which is going to be fun. And as I've been saying, the Big Ten has a pretty loaded slate this year. Obviously, with Ohio State going on to the college football playoff, Penn State in the Cotton Bowl, Wisconsin going out to the Rose Bowl. Big Ten has three teams playing in New Year's Six Bowl games. And they also have Michigan playing Alabama in a pretty interesting Citrus Bowl. And a number of other teams around the Big Ten are playing in bowl games. Like Indiana and Illinois are in bowl games. That's how big of a year the Big Ten has on tap for the upcoming bowl season. But a question thrown to me on Twitter from Trevor Harlan on Twitter. He wants to know, which Big Ten team outside the playoff could really need a win in their bowl game? And to me, there are two answers to this. And not surprisingly, my first answer is Penn State. <laughs> I say this because a lot of people say that Penn State is in a no-win situation. They're taking on a Memphis team, the group of five representative, and Penn State is going to be prepared up with them in the Cotton Bowl. Now, I say going to the Cotton Bowl is always a great experience. There should be nothing holding back the enthusiasm level for the Cotton Bowl. But I understand a lot of people can't get up for a game against Memphis, a team that Penn State should beat. And if they do beat them, they're not going to get a whole lot of credit because it's a game a lot of people feel they should win. And, of course, if they lose to Memphis, then a lot of people are going to say it's a black eye for Penn State. But I'm throwing all that to the side because, as you know, I firmly believe that Memphis is a very good team, and I think Penn State has their work cut out for them against Memphis. And we're going to talk a lot about that bowl matchup in the weeks to come here. But throwing all that stuff aside, I think that Penn State is a pretty legitimate answer here because you look at James Franklin's record. We know that some of the trends that are out there, some of them are carried over from his time at Vanderbilt, so it's kind of weighted down as it probably should be considering he was the coach at Vanderbilt. But even if you look at his record at Penn State, we know that the the knock on James Franklin is not being able to win many of the biggest games on their schedule uh, against ranked teams, ranked teams on the road, uh, obviously uh, bowl games. <laughs> We've seen a couple bowl wins for sure, but Penn State has lost in the Rose Bowl. They lost last year's bowl game, and, and now they're taking on a pretty dangerous Memphis team. So I don't think that this is a game that uh, James Franklin, as far as the reputation is concerned, can really afford to lose. And I'm not saying it makes or breaks the season, and I'm not saying James Franklin should be fired if they lose this game. Far from that, you know that for me. But I do think, as, as far as perception is concerned, winning this game would carry a lot more weight moving forward than a lot of people may think. <laughs> because I do think getting a victory in the Cotton Bowl would be huge. Getting two wins in New Year's Six Bowl games within a three-year span, 
I think is incredible. And that opportunity is on the line here for James Franklin and Penn State. So I think getting to 10-2, and two, coming as close as they have to uh, playing for the Big Ten Championship the last couple of years, I think getting a chance to shine in the Cotton Bowl would be huge for Penn State to be able to finish this season off on a winning note against a very good team in the Cotton Bowl of all places, the grand stage of the football world these days. Um, you know, no disrespect to the Rose Bowl, but you know we all know when a game's being played in Jerry's world, the spotlight is going to be on. So this is a big opportunity for Penn State, and I don't think they can afford to lose it. If you lose a bowl game to Memphis, a lot of people are going to be critical of your program. A lot of people are going to be critical of James Franklin not being able to coach his team in a, in the bowl game against an underdog Memphis team. Uh, so we all know where that narrative would go if Penn State were to lose this. But it also loses some momentum. You know, this was a very good season that took a lot of people by surprise. And not being able to finish it off on a winning note, I think, would be, I'm not going to say detrimental to Penn State as far as their future is concerned, but it would certainly sting because there were some opportunities there this season that not a lot of people expected were going to be there. And this is another one of those games. I don't know if a lot of people expected Penn State to be playing in one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. And I think there was some question whether or not they would still be in one coming up into the last game of the season. So I do think of all the Big Ten teams considered, I think there's a legitimate case to say that Penn State probably needs this win in the bowl season more than most of the other teams out there. The only other team I would throw into the conversation would be Michigan. All the things we say about James Franklin, Jim Harbaugh has been hearing a lot of the same criticisms as well. And also, Jim Harbaugh has the biggest opportunity to really change some of the narrative that he gets because he's going up against Nick Saban and Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. This is a... Blue Blood versus Blue Blood program matchup that I absolutely love and I can't wait to see. Uh, I do think that Michigan can give Alabama a, a run here because Alabama's defense hasn't been all that great this year. And let's face it, you beat Alabama, that changes the whole narrative for programs moving forward. Just look at LSU this year. You know, LSU has had a wildly successful season. But going into that game against Alabama, that was the team that they had to beat in order to become a legitimate national title contender in the eyes of anyone who may have still been doubting them at the time that they played that game. So they go into Tuscaloosa, they go away with the win against Alabama, and Joe Burrow goes on to win the Heisman Trophy. That's the kind of game that can benefit Michigan here. If they are able to beat Alabama, even in a year where Alabama is feeling kind of down, relatively speaking, they're out of the playoff for the first time in program history and playoff history, and they are ripe for the picking in so many ways because that defense has not been there this season. Uh, they're playing without Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback. So this is a vulnerable Alabama team. But you know what? Even that, that being the case, still a lot of talent on that roster, still a lot of t potential matchup problems for Alabama, I'm sorry, for Michigan, posed by Alabama. But let's face it, you beat Alabama, that changes things in a great way. It changes things recruiting, changes things with the narrative. And as far as Jim Harbaugh is concerned, he could certainly stand to benefit from a victory against Nick Saban and Alabama. Even if Alabama's in a down year, you get a win against Saban in the Crimson Tide in the Citrus Bowl. That is a huge momentum shift going into the next season. And we all know how those preseason polls are going to react. <laughs> Michigan's probably going to be labeled a top five team uh, based on the fact that they are coming off a bowl victory against Alabama. And you know what? Honestly, it's been a pretty successful season for Michigan too. Let's not just totally dismiss that either.
So that's why to me, Penn State and Michigan are the two obvious answers. And you know what? They're obvious for a reason, because they are the right answers to this question. Which Big Ten team outside of the college football playoff could really need a win in the bowl game? It's without a doubt, no hesitation, Penn State and Michigan. I know I still have some Christmas shopping to do. Maybe you do too. If you're looking for last minute fun sports gifts for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. As some of you may know, I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com, and I've been asked to do a lot of Penn State assignments over the last few years. These are usually with uh, game previews on a weekly basis. I also do some fun stuff uh, in the offseason with previews and questions about the upcoming season, things to look for during spring practices, the spring football game, and other stuff like that along the way. A lot of good off-season content, so if you're looking for something to keep your uh, appetite going, uh, I will definitely have some things for athlonsports.com after the bowl season. So just something to keep in mind there. Now, one of the things that I was asked to do at the conclusion of the regular season was put together the team awards for Penn State. So I figured it might be a good idea to run down the, the list of awards that I threw together in this post on athlonsports.com, kind of reflect on them real quickly for you guys. And I want you guys to let me know where I'm right, where I'm wrong. If you have any differences in opinions, please chime in with me on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and let me know what you think. And I'm just going to run right down the list and kind of comment on them real quickly. First up, I had my offensive MVP. And to me, there was no real second guessing for me. I want to tight end Pride Firemuth. I think he's the best player that Penn State's offense has. He was the second leading receiver, had a number of touchdowns, probably I think, I believe second on the team in touchdowns. Yes, KJ Hamler had more yards, more big plays, more touchdowns. But to me, Pat Frymuth is the most reliable guy that Penn State had on this offense. A guy that you can always count on to make the play. And certainly when you get in the red zone, you're looking to pass to that tight end. He had some big moments along the way this season. And to me, that's why he is my offensive MVP. I don't know where this Penn State team would be without him this season. On the defensive side, my defensive MVP, this is a no-brainer too, Micah Parsons, sophomore linebacker. You see the awards he continues to be hauling in. First-team All-American, second-team All-American, best linebacker in the Big Ten. I am not going to go argue any other player on the defensive side of the ball as the best player on Penn State's defense. He had over 100 tackles this year. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's going for 100 tackles in the Cotton Bowl. He's got a real good chance to pull that off. First time that a Penn State player would have done that since 2015 with Jason Kabinda. Uh, so I think Micah Parsons had a tremendous season, uh, really garnered a lot of attention from the national media, and you can see that by the postseason accolades he is continuing to haul in. So I think uh, Michael Parsons is the slam dunk defensive MVP for Penn State this season. Going back to the offense, and this is really just a overall for the team, best newcomer. I'm going with Noah Kane at running back. Yeah, some people uh, maybe would go with Journey Brown, but you know what? I think Noah Kane, when he was healthy, I think he provided a much-needed spark and a glimmer of hope for where this running game could potentially go moving forward. I know he got banged up. I know he got slowed down, but the games when he was healthy and he really got into his groove, I thought there was some real good potential shown there by Noah Kane. So I'm going to go with him as my best newcomer this season. Next one on my list was the best play of the season, and I'm going to go with KJ Hamler's 53-yard touchdown against Michigan. 
go back to that game. Obviously, he had a big touchdown catch earlier in the game as Penn State jumped all over Michigan. But Michigan started to claw back into to that game a little bit. Michigan really started to put the pressure on, and the offense was getting in a groove, and the defense was really starting to take control of that game against Penn State. So Sean Clifford unloads a 53-yard pass down the middle of the field to a streaking K.J. Hamler, allows Penn State to go up 28-14 to 14 at the time, very early in the fourth quarter, and they absolutely needed that because Michigan came back and they scored another touchdown. They came with another touchdown, uh, dropped pass away from potentially tying that game. So that 53-yard touchdown was huge for Penn State uh, in that fourth quarter. But you know what? I will give slight consideration to something I said in the post-game podcast from that Michigan game. His run on third down in their zone zone. I think he only needed like three or four yards, but he had a, a short run that picked up a first down that allowed Penn State to run the clock out. That may have been the play of the game, but that 53-yard touchdown against Michigan, biggest play of the season. Stick with KJ Hamler and that Michigan game for my best performance by a player this season. I, I already said KJ Hamler had a number of big plays in that game. He was the reason that Penn State beat Michigan, I believe, in that game that earlier in the season. Or like, what was that? Middle of October or whatever that was. Uh, so I think he had the best performance by a player. I know uh, Sean Clifford had some big yardage games uh, a couple times throughout the season. But to me, KJ Hamler really rose to the occasion and made the big plays when his team needed them the most. So that's my best performance by a player this season. KJ Hamler versus Penn State. Best game team performance. I'm going to go with their 28-7 victory at Michigan State. Now, you got to consider a couple things here. This is at the end of that three-game stretch between uh, with games against Iowa, Michigan, and, of course, Michigan State. I know Michigan State was beat up this season, but this is a team that has really frustrated Penn State the last couple of years. And to me, Penn State coming off wins against Iowa and Michigan, that was the perfect opportunity for a letdown performance, especially considering Michigan State had a bye week to prepare for that game. To me, Penn State going into that game and stringing together a 28-7 victory, that was a message that this Penn State team was taking care of some business this season. Obviously, we know what happened later in the game or later in the season, but to me, going on the road and just dominating Michigan State the way that they did in that 28-7 victory, that to me is the best team performance of the season given all of the intangibles going into that game. The defining moment, though, was not packing it in against Ohio State. This is kind of odd to some probably, but to me, I thought there was a lot of uh, moral victory, if you will, in the way that Penn State battled back against Ohio State. Remember, Ohio State has been blowing out everybody this season, and Ohio State certainly had the upper hand and a couple upper hands on Penn State after that first half of that game, but that third quarter in Columbus showed some real grit. You know, Penn State loses Sean Clifford. They bring in Will Levis as the the backup quarterback. And all of a sudden, the defense is causing some fumbles, recovering some fumbles, setting up the offense for some quick scores. And all of a sudden, Penn State is actually pushing Ohio State into the fourth quarter. Aside from Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, nobody has been able to do that this season against what I believe is probably the most well-rounded and complete team in the country. I think this Ohio State team is really good. I don't think their blowouts this season have been any fluke of the imagination. This is a really good Ohio State team. And for Penn State to go in there and get their butts whipped for a half, but battle back and claw their way into that game and make this a four-quarter game, I thought that that showed some true grit and determination. And to me, that sends a message to the entire team that they're not going to quit. And I never thought that they would. I just feel like we've seen that script play out before in quite the opposite direction 
where Penn State just kind of packs it in. But to me, I think Penn State battling back the way they did and giving Ohio State the probably the best fight outside of Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game, I think that that was a true step forward for a young developing team that continues to grow and learn. That's just a sampling of some of the postseason awards I put together for Penn State. I'll share the link on the Twitter page and the Facebook page if you want to check out the entire article. It's still out there on athlonsports.com. If you go check it out, it'll be there. And you can read out through some of the other awards I had and maybe some of the other thoughts I had about some of the awards I did mention. I will probably go through the rest of this list in another podcast coming up soon just to kind of uh, complete the thoughts a little bit more. But if you want to go check it out, I'll put that post on the Twitter page and on the Facebook page very soon. And that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As I said, today's National Signing Day, so in tomorrow's episode, we'll be recapping a lot of the stuff that went down today. I'm not expecting a lot of surprises, as I said earlier today, but we'll run through the recruiting class and see where Penn State compares to some of the other teams in the Big Ten, where they look at nationally, and, of course, how many of these players are going to have an impact uh, as early as 2020. So we'll have a bunch of ground to cover in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you never miss a single episode by subscribing in your favorite podcasting apps, such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We also have that RSS feed out there. And of course, make sure you're subscribing, reading, and reviewing to help us support the show moving forward as well. You can also stay connected with us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Once again, I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And of course, check out my national college football coverage on AthonSports.com and on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. Until tomorrow, everybody, have a great National Signing Day. I look forward to discussing and reacting with it with you in tomorrow's episode. So until tomorrow, have a great day. Go one to know today, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.